most of you guys know me, and I like to tell stories, so I'm going to tell a story. But um, before we get into the story, uh, some of you that don't know me, I, I like to do, like, action things. I like to be busy all the time, and I like to do, like, fun, kind of risky things. I like to ride dirt bikes. I like to drive fast, those kind of things. And so I like to experience things, I guess you could say. I don't like watching things as much. I don't really sit around and watch TV much. Um, we don't even have really cable or anything, but we, we watch movies every once in a while. But for the most part, I like to be outside, and I really promote that to my kids, too. I, I kind of make them go outside, which most of them like it, so it's good. Um, so they go outside and try to keep the digital devices to a minimum, even though they were playing with them a little bit this morning. But, um, but for the most part, I like to experience things. People ask me if I like to watch sports or I like to watch racing, and it's interesting because I really don't like watching them that much. Like, I don't really enjoy watching cars go fast. Now, if you tell me you've got a fast car and I can drive it, <laughs> I'm there. And, and so everything, I just, I really like to experience everything, I guess, to its fullest. And so, it's weird, I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, before Tracy left, I was, I was hungry and it was a Saturday and I was just being lazy, um, and I got a pack of Ritz crackers and I ate a whole pack of Ritz crackers. She was like, did you just eat a whole pack of Ritz crackers? I was like, I'd hate to think that I didn't eat a whole pack of Ritz crackers. They're buttery and salty and delicious. And, but what I do, I noticed when I was doing that, and I was, I was actually studying this while she was telling me that, is I put every Ritz cracker upside down. Do you know why I put it upside down? Does anybody else do that? So you can taste the salt and butter, right? Like I really, it's like a big deal to me. Every single one of those, because I ate the whole pack, I put face down so I could get every ounce of buttery, salty goodness that's probably terrible for me um, and all those carbs uh, so I could taste every bit of it. I do the same thing with like uh, garlic toast or anything. Anything that's like has a lot of flavor, I'm like, I want to experience as much of this as I possibly can, even if it's not good for me. At least I'll taste it. It'll be really delicious. Um, and in the same way, I, I, I want to... I want to experience everything like as much as possible that's there. And I feel like I'm left out if I don't. Um, Robert will tell you when we went to that trampoline park, there was a band thing that I couldn't get across, and it was driving me insane. He, him and my friend Mark walked right across like it was no big deal. It was like a ratchet strap. It's like a tightrope, basically, but it's that wide. And I couldn't understand. Like, I think I've got good balance. You know, I used to ride a skateboard and surf and do all these things. But I couldn't get across this strap, so much so that I eventually tackled him because he just kept doing it as if he was making fun of me. I can't do it. But I found out later why, because I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> tell us now. Well, I will tell you. One of those things, <laughs> we were over at Carol's, we were over at Carol's uh, putting a few shingles on a roof one day after, after church. And I followed, he, I was like, hey, you need some help? He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, one of those things, I want to do that. I want to go up on a roof. That sounds like fun. So I followed him up the roof, and he ran up there, and I ran up there. And there's something about roofs, if you don't know, called a pitch. <laughs> and hers has a really sharp one. I didn't think about it. I just ran up the ladder and ran all the way up to the top and followed him. And he ran. It wasn't no problem for him. So I ran up there and followed him. And then I got to the top and I looked back and I panicked and like got down on my hands and knees. What am I doing up here? I don't belong here. (laughs) This is not good. This is not good at all. And uh, that's why I found out. That's why he's got. He does that all the time. He's got such good balance. He just run around. He's run to the edge. And I was like, I need to get down. (laughs) Even even said when I was on the way down, he's like, you you want me to carry you, Justin? You need me to hold your hand? (laughs) Maybe. But it's scary going backwards down a roof to try to find a ladder. Anyway, it was really scary. So that's why I could do that. Which has really nothing to do with the story, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> I like to experience things. There was a time when I had a, uh, this was years ago. <laughs> like that makes it better. This was years ago. I had a, a WRX, a Super WRX. And um, when I bought it, I, I knew it was fast. And I wanted to see how fast it could go. And it would do, the computer governed it. And I found out the, the, the right way, I guess. The computer governed it at 130 miles an hour. It would shut the engine off at 130. And it bugged me because I've got a police right here. He's, What'd you do? It was a long time ago. I don't have that car anymore. And so, so there was a, 
was 130 miles an hour and it, and it governed it. It drove me nuts because I looked it up online and I knew it would do 156 with the gears and the engine and everything that it had. And so I modified it until I got into that. <laughs> I've got to do that because I know it's, it's got that potential. I need to get to its fullest potential. And so I just, I want to experience everything that way. And I don't want to, I feel like I'm left out or I feel like I haven't truly experienced everything that's for me if I don't do it to its fullest extent. Does that make sense? And so in everything, I, I really, really desire to do that. Now, um, <laughs> what I found when I first started, when two Sundays ago when um, I was going to be the pastor and I was going to teach and, and preach here, um, I began to get nervous. Well, I got, I got excited first. I got excited and I got, I got vision that I'd never seen before and the Lord was really speaking to me. And by the way, whoever's praying for me, thank you so much. But please, when you pray, <laughs> I don't know if you're specifically telling the Lord to wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I swear, every morning at 3 o'clock in the morning, I wake up out of a dead sleep with revelation and all these cool things to talk about. But if you can, while you continue praying for me, because I want it, just ask if you could push it back a little bit. Four or five would be better. So anyway, seriously, like almost every day this past week has been 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm wide awake, and I can't go back to sleep. Anyway, sidebar. So pray for me a little more sleep. Um, But keep the revelation coming, because it's awesome. Well, I began to, to dig deeper in looking up way too much information and looking up a lot more, not that there's anything wrong with Bible knowledge, but I was looking up Greek words and I was looking up their meaning and what they meant and it was making my brain numb. It was like reading three C.S. Lewis books. And it was just like, I can't sleep at all now. And so I was really overdoing it thinking that I had to live up to a certain standard. Now I know I don't. I know that in in my spirit. I know that even theologically I understand that, that God's accepted me as I am. But I really didn't want to let you guys down. So I was really, really trying really hard to do that. In the same way, I didn't want to feel like I was left out. I didn't want to feel like I didn't know something or that I was missing something. And I just wanted to really do that. Well, in one of those times when the Lord woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, he gave me rest in, in my spirit. Not literally sleep because I stayed awake. But he gave me rest in my spirit and, and reconfirmed that. I said, look, this is you. This is who I made you to be. And this is what you're supposed to do. So do it this way. So as... As you'll see in a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue kind of my style of teaching, teaching and, and telling stories, but it's more proclamation or declaration than it is teaching because I see the same thing when I see the ministries that Jesus had and his disciples where they would make proclamations and they would, they would teach, but it was more of a declaration than it was just an um, exploratory type of way. Does that make sense? So that's me. That's, <laughs> I'm explaining that I'm not going to explain everything. So... Anyway, you got that. So, um, something that this reminded me of was in Honduras when we went to feed a lot of the people at the hospital. What we did is we set up these tables and we would just feed all these people. Basically, people would go to the hospital from these villages and they would think that they would get help, but they wouldn't get help for days or weeks or months. And so, they would literally live in the parking lot in their car if it hadn't been stolen already, which many of them were, and they would be hurt and in bad shape, damaged, shot cut, different things like that, um, waiting to get in the hospital. So we would go and feed them because they were hungry and they didn't have anywhere else to go, honestly. Um, and what we found was I was sitting there after we kind of got done, and, and uh, uh, me and Kim were there, and I was asking Kim. There were two people that kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Obviously, they were speaking Spanish, so I didn't know what they were saying. But obviously, you could tell every once in a while they would just kind of puff up and just kind of, you could tell they were kind of arguing but not really arguing. And so I finally asked Kim, I was like, what are, what are they talking about? And she was like, they're quoting scripture back and forth to each other. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah. She was like, they're basically trying to outdo each other. And, and I mean, this went on for like 20 minutes. Like, we were just sitting there. And I was just looking at them, and I was like, really? 
And she was like, yeah. And she explained it to me. She said, basically, the, the evangelists and everybody that went into that country originally, they brought Bibles and they brought the gospel, but they, they, what was received somewhere in between there was more religion and more performance-based. And so what they were doing was they were trying to outsmart each other. So they had scripture, but they did the same thing that a lot of <laughs> humans in history do, and they begin to just battle back and forth with Bible knowledge. And so this is what, this is what really frustrates me when I see articles that somebody posted a while back uh, um, about how short-term mission trips are this. And I know what they're alluding to, but I know Kim and Pablo, <clears throat> we went there and they lived there. And yeah, it may be short-term for us, and we go for a short amount of time. Um, but you see Chris is there, not short-term. Chris is there for a while. Kim and Pablo live there, and they know people there, and they build relationships with people there. I mean, this is real life-on-life ministry that they're doing. It's not just Bible knowledge. They're feeding people. They're getting to know them. They're sitting down on, it was like a brick wall. They're sitting down on that brick wall, and they're talking to these people that are debating Scripture, and they're explaining to them, look, this isn't what this is about. This is about love. This is about relationship. God loves you. You don't need to battle and, and, and go back and forth about Scriptures. So they're doing it. This is life there for them. And so don't, don't ever think that this is just a game that churches play so that they can you know, live in some paradise over there because it's not. <laughs> um, there's some beautiful places, but it's, they're, they're pouring their life out to love people for the gospel over there. So anyway, um, but what they were doing was they were caught up in Bible knowledge and not understanding that it's more about relationship. Now what I find is relationship, when we, when we look deeper into love and relationship, I look at the closest thing that I can see to it, and that's my relationship with Tracy, my wife. Um, and I know Tracy intimately, not just sexually, but intimately. I know that word's been transliterated over the years to mean more sexually, but I'm talking about intimately. I know her like no one else knows her, and she knows me. We've been together for 15, almost 16 years now. And so there are things that we talk about, there are things that we can discuss, and there, there are certain quirks and different things that we know about each other that we can call before they even happen sometimes, just because we know each other that well. Now, <laughs> we're still discovering some of those things. She watched a video uh, the other night, and there was this comedian talking about a box that guys have in their brains that has nothing in it. She was like, I don't understand that. How can you have nothing? And there's sometimes I just, she asked me what I'm thinking. I'm like, nothing. I'm not thinking of anything. <laughs> She's like, no, you're thinking. What are you thinking? I want to know what you're thinking about. Like, every little thing that you're thinking about, I want to know. I'm like, I, no, I got nothing. I was, I, was I was staring at that light bulb, and I was thinking, wow, it's light bulb. I mean, I'm not thinking of anything. <laughs> I have nothing going on in my head. She was like, I don't understand. We seriously had this discussion like a week ago, and then she watched this video, and she was like, ah, this is true. <laughs> you really don't think of anything sometimes. Sometimes we don't think about anything. And so, uh, <laughs> so that's true. And so I looked this up. I saw this on, like, one of my car forums one time, and I thought it was kind of funny. And this, this is a pretty good description of, a lot of things, that, the differences between guys and girls and difference between when you're married and you, you, you don't understand how the other spouse is. And so this was, uh, <laughs> this was two different diary entries, one for the wife and one for the husband. And the, the wife's diary entry says, Tonight, I thought my husband was acting weird. We had made plans to meet at a nice restaurant for dinner. I was shopping with my friends all day long, so I thought he was upset at the fact that I was a bit late. But he made no, no comment on it. Conversation wasn't flowing. So I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but he didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset, that it had nothing to do with me and not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him that I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. <laughs> I can't explain his behavior. I don't, know why he's, I don't know why he didn't say, I love you too. When we got home, I felt, I felt as... 
I felt as if I lost him completely, as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there quietly and watched TV. I continued to seem di- he continued to seem distant and absent. Finally, with silence all around us, I decided to go to bed. About 50 minutes later, he came to bed, but I still felt that he was distracted and his thoughts were somewhere else. He fell asleep. I cried. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure his thoughts are with someone else. My life is a disaster. All right, now here's his diary entry. Motorcycle won't start. Can't figure out why. <laughs> if there's ever a story that describes Tracy and I's relationship, that's pretty close. Because if anybody knows me, if I can't figure something out, it drives me insane, and I'm just, I'm tunnel vision. I can't think of anything else, but I thought that was hilarious. So, but Tracy knows that now, and she's slowly learning more and more as she watches clips of comedians online, apparently. So we get to know each other more and more intimately, and we know each other because we're around each other. I see her. You don't have to convince me that Tracy's real, do you? And I don't have to explain to you that Tracy is real to me, right? And I don't have, we, don't have, we don't have to go into great detail about how I know Tracy loves me, and I love her, and she's a real person, <laughs> and she exists, right? I mean, we don't, we don't need to waste our time talking about that, do we? <laughs> Good, because I'm not. <laughs> so... <laughs> I want to, this is where we're going to go, 1 John 1.1, 1, 1, and we should have a slide up there if you don't have your Bibles. If you do have your Bibles or digital devices, go to 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. We're in Holman. Um, is it up there? Cool. Sweet. We're trying, we're trying to do some stuff like this so to make it easier. Um, so, 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, our declaration. I love that. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, another version says made manifest, and we have seen it and we testify and declare, we proclaim to you the eternal life that was with us and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship among us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now, what John's writing here, he's writing to churches in Ephesus that are basically splitting up. This is the same John from from the fourth gospel in John. He's writing 1 John, 2 John, and so on. Um, What he's saying is, we saw him. We know this Jesus. We know he's real. We didn't only see him. We, we heard him with our ears. We saw him with our eyes. We touched him with our hands. This, this is real. This Jesus was real to us. This is not, I don't, need to, this, I don't need to explain to you why he's real. I'm making a declaration, right? I'm making a proclamation. This is who he was. This is who he is. We know this. There's no doubt. And so what's interesting about John in the fourth gospel, he always in, throughout John, it says, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And John's the one that wrote John. <laughs> and so he's fully confident that he's loved by Jesus, right? And most people believe in scholars, this, is, this was basically Jesus' best friend. John is fully confident that he loved him and that he was there for him. He was the one that was resting up against him. He heard Jesus' heartbeat. He felt his beard. He, he, he was there. 
He was, he was fully loved and understood how loved he was, and he loved the Lord with all of his heart, right? This was real to him. If anybody, it was very real to John. So John goes through this and, and basically just says it over and over and over again. But what was happening in Ephesus was the, the churches were, they were splitting up. People were leaving the church, and it wasn't because of necessarily of, of anything legitimate. It was because some of them thought they had more knowledge, or some of them thought they were more spiritual than the other ones, and some of them just, they just had bickering basically going on between them, and so they were splitting up and leaving. And so what John's doing here is he's writing them and telling them, look, you're missing the point. It's not about how smart you are, the biblical knowledge you have, or how spiritual you think you are, or how better you think you are than other people. It's all about relationship. It's all about love and being loved and understanding who you are in him and who you are in your community and the relationships that you have. And he repeats himself over and over again. This is what I declare to you. We saw him. He was real. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's not about the, the, the inner workings of the church. It's not about um, how, how much this guy knows or how much this other person knows. It's not about that. It's about relationship. And he, he continues to say that over and over. And we're going to go back to John, um, John 15, 11. And this is Jesus speaking. Now this is, this is jumping off of uh, the very end of 1 John when he says, we write you these things so that our joy may be complete. Now we talk about joy and I think, okay, what is, what is complete joy? What do we talk about in, in perfect love was in Jesus, Right? Where do you think complete joy would come from? Being Jesus too, right? So I looked for a time when Jesus was, was joyful or was joyous. And when I, when I looked it up online, it said that this, from what scholars believe, was the most intimate time with, with the disciples and the, one of the most extreme times that Jesus was, felt joy and expressed joy. And this is Jesus speaking in John 15, 11. He says, I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one, no one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You, my friends, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, what we, what we like to do is, we like to take, let's stop right there. We like to say, okay, well, and what a lot of times I've heard too is we go back to the Ten Commandments or the Mosaic Law. We're saying right there, you're my friends if you do what I command. But what did he say right before that? Verse 12. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. This is what he's talking about. He's not, talking, he's not going back to law. He's saying, this is my command. He tells you before he says it. He says, I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends. This is when Jesus is calling us friends for the first time. Because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask in my Father's name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. So what does Jesus' joy look like? Now, I kind of skipped ahead there. Actually, that wasn't the part when Jesus was really joyous. Sorry. The part that I'm going to jump to in a minute is when, when, when I looked up and saw where Jesus' joy was actually expressed to his disciples. But we're going, to, we're going to stop here for a second. This time he's calling us as friends. We're not slaves. We're friends. Listen, 
when, when, when we understand who we are in Christ, we understand that we're not slaves and he's not master, that we're actually friends. And he came down, he says, he chose us, we didn't choose him. Now, so many times I've struggled with, God, how could you love me? I wasn't even, like, I wasn't even looking for you when, when you found me. I was running away from you. Like, I was doing everything I could to not be around Christians or not be around church or not have anything to do with the Lord. Why would you choose me? And I think what he's revealed to me over the years was it's, it was always him. It was never about me. And with me even thinking that it's about me, he completely squashes that and says, look, I sought you out. And what we're about to get into when, when Jesus' joy is made complete, um, we're going to jump to Luke real quick. I know I'm kind of going through this quick, but I just I, I can't wait to get to this part. <laughs> uh, so much so that I skipped forward to it. Um, we don't have the scripture up here. I saw this this morning. It says in Luke 10, 21, this comes right after. Well, I'll back up a little bit. Luke, 7, Luke uh, 10, 17, um, when the disciples come back, basically Jesus had sent out the disciples ahead of him and said, look, go ahead of me and create miracles, go into towns, cast out demons, do all this stuff. And so the disciples have gone out and done this, and they come back. And in verse 17, they say, look, they just returned. He says, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Like they were excited about it. And in Luke 10, 21, this is Jesus talking. He says, in the same hour he rejoiced. Jesus rejoiced. This was a time when Jesus was so joyous. He says, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants, to children. Listen, these disciples had gone out. Basically, Jesus had been there with him. He goes, okay, I've taught you. You understand what this is. You understand the basic of, of who I am, and you're in me, and we're friends, and you can do what I do because I put my, I'm putting my spirit in you. You guys go out and do this stuff. And so they go, and they, okay, well, let's go try this. Okay, let's, we pray for this guy, and he gets healed. And then we pray for this guy, and we cast out demons. And they're like, oh, it works. <laughs> this really works. Jesus was right. We are doing this. And they come back like little kids, and they come to Jesus, and they're like, hey, It worked. <laughs> We went and we did what you said, and then it worked. <laughs> and so they come back and they're like, hey, Jesus, it worked. And he goes, thank God, praise God. And he begins to rejoice with them. And he says, thank you, Father. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the smart ones and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants, to just children. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. And down in verse 23, it says, Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see the things you see. <laughs> For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things you see and yet didn't see them. They wanted to hear the things you hear and didn't hear them. Listen, there were plenty of biblical scholars back then. There were plenty of people who understood the Old Covenant and the Mosaic Law, and they studied it, and they studied it, and they studied it, and they wanted to see these things, but they couldn't get it. It was right under their noses. And these disciples who were simple people, fishermen, people like us, people like me, <laughs> said, okay, we'll do what you say. <laughs> we'll go try this. We'll go do this. And it worked. And they got excited about it and they came back. And they said, it worked. <laughs> and he gave that to us. This wasn't just for them. This is for us too. The same way John knew Jesus and he was his friend, is the same Jesus that we know now. He's real. He was real to John. He was his best friend. Listen, he's friends to us. He's real to us. This isn't a story. Listen, 
If this is just a, a, a motivational speech or a story that we can recite or biblical knowledge that I can share with you that I have, which is limited, no matter how much I have, is going to be limited. But if I can make a proclamation, I will make this. Jesus is real. He's as real today to me and you as he was to John who leaned up against him and could hear his heartbeat. Listen, there's, <laughs> there are, are much better speakers than me. <laughs> I've heard them. I listen to their podcasts. They're awesome. There are much more beautiful stages and productions and lights and different things like that. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But listen, I can't, the same thing we said the first Sunday, I can't do this on my own. It's all about relationship. Listen, he said he revealed it to us. The first thing he said, look, let's go back. This is really cool. Let's go back. This is something I missed at the beginning. When, when Back to 1 John. Listen. 1 John, let's see, 1, 3. He says, what we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that. Now stop there at so that. And we anticipate what's going to come after that. We what we have seen and heard, we also declare about you so that we could be saved, we could be healed, we could be delivered, we could have more biblical knowledge. No, so that you may have fellowship along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. Listen, this is the gospel. This is life. This is who we are as Christians. The Christian life it could be summed up right here, so that you may have fellowship. Listen, Jesus didn't die so that you could go to heaven. You will go to heaven if you accept him in your heart. Jesus died so he could reconcile our relationship with the Father. He, he closed that gap so that we could speak to the Father as friend, not as slave master. But not only that, so that we could speak to each other as friends, so that we could love one another. Listen, another 3 o'clock morning, I got the, the, very, the very simple... Um, basically our mission statement. I've had this long mission statement that I've been trying to narrow down, and it was still too long. And I really wanted it to be powerful, <laughs> and I wanted to put it on all of our little things that we're doing, the website and the Facebook pages, and I've been doing, working on all this stuff. And I never could get it. It never felt right. And I woke up just out of a dead sleep, and as simple as it, as it could be, and I knew it, but it's loving God, loving people. And some of you may have seen that. I put it on, our, on some of our pages already. But what's interesting, in the revelation that I got, and you may have gotten, and it's pretty simple to, to most of it, to me it was revelational, was those things aren't just action things, and they're not just descriptive, they're both. We do love God and we love people, but He is a loving God, and we are loving people. So they're descriptive as well. It's not just what we do, it's who we are. And it was funny because Andrea sent me a message, she was like, hey, you know, Andrea, she's just so free and graceful, and she was like, hey... I don't want to cause any trouble or anything, but just want you to know that we're loved. And you might want to put that in there in your mission statement that we know that we're loved. And I was like, I know, and we are. <laughs> and I said, and I explained it to her. I was like, that's why, that's why you can look at it this way too. And she was like, oh, that's awesome. I didn't even see that. And she was like, yeah, that's right, because that speaks identity, because he is a loving God. So that tells us that we are loved. And it's because of that that we can love people. Listen, we talked about two weeks ago, what drives out fear? Perfect love drives out fear, right? And then we talked about where we get that. It's from the vine. We abide in him and so that we can do this. And so now this is where I am. I feel like we are as a church. And it's understanding that it's, it's not just about 
our relationship with the Father, and it's not just about our relationship with other people. It's both of those things together. They're both equally important. You can't do one without the other. You can't say, I love God, and not love your brother. And you can't love your brother because love comes from God. These things aren't two different things. They go together. They're tied together. They can't be separated. And so as we move forward, and I believe we are going to move forward, um, and I'll talk about this briefly, but I, but I feel like I need to, and I'm not going to explain it. We had an awesome worship service last Sunday. Awesome worship service. Um, me and Daniel were talking about it. We watched, he watched the video several times after, and we just cried and just worshiped and just watched it again because uh, Lonnie posted a little bit of it up. And I just remember looking and, and thinking, wow, I look ridiculous just like doing this up front. <laughs> Actually, that's not the first thing I thought. The first thing I thought was, how awesome was that time? About three times after that, I started thinking about, wow, I look ridiculous doing this. I don't know what to do with my hands. I just, I just walk around. It's just what I do. So I just walk around and I do this just because I get fidgety or whatever. And I just, I just can't stand still because I'm so excited about what God's doing in my heart. And so to me, I'm not going to try to explain what happened. But I will tell you this. We, we as a church, and, and Andrew and I have talked about this with worship, you know, we, we want to do three songs instead of four because we want to leave a little room there just in case the Spirit wants to move. We want to let him move. And it's not that we give him permission, but we just want to, we want to create an atmosphere where he's welcome and, and he can move in people's hearts and he can heal people because he can heal people like that much quicker than I can explain it to you. <laughs> because I, I understood sonship for three years before uh, someone prayed over me and said, son, and it clicked, the Holy Spirit clicked in me and, and, and sealed that in my heart, Right? So we don't want to, I don't want to negate that. Now, at the same time, we're not going to jump back into performance and say, well, then we've got to do more this next step. We've got to, we've got to jump higher and do this more. You know, we're, not going to, we're not going to jump into it as though we're conjuring something up or we're manifesting anything because we're not. We're not going to do that. We're, we're going to be a church that loves people. We're going to be a church that loves the Lord, and we invite him into our services. So if I need to explain anything, that's it. I don't know what else to explain there. That's just, that's just who I am, and I feel like that's where we are, and that's who you guys are. And, and I had some good conversations with people about it. Some people got freaked out. Some people were, were excited. Lots of different things. But that's fine. And I'm completely open to conversations about it. But I'm not going to over-explain it for anyone. The Lord can do what he wants, and I'm not going to put him in a box, <laughs> like as if I can. And so, uh, so anyway, so that's that. But, but in, in that, God can, God can move and change your perspective in an instant. And there are times when we don't fully understand. And this was one of the conversations I had. There are times when I can't fully comprehend what God's doing in me, but I can feel it. Now, sometimes I'm hu- I hunger for Bible knowledge. I really do. I like to, to research things and look them up. I hunger for that Bible knowledge. But then sometimes I pray, and I just want to be with God. I just want to be with Jesus. I just want to rest in Him. And listen, don't discount those times when you just rest. You know, like I said, when I see my kids, Jordan woke up early because I like to come up here early and just pray and, and, and go back over when I'm going to teach and stuff in the mornings. And she just lay down on that couch in the office and slept, and I watched her, and she was sweet. And I don't discount those times because there are other times when she comes to me and she dances and she spins, and I just enjoy seeing her. And I'm, just, I'm taken back at just how much I love her and how beautiful she is. And so there's going to be those times when we're in worship and we dance and we sing and we jump around. And I know God's going, oh, look how sweet. <laughs> you know, I just love them so much, and they're just so excited to be in my presence. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's times when we just lay down on the floor or just sit there. Don't discount those times because you don't know what those people are going through. 
God loves us regardless of, of where you are and how you express it. He loves you. And he, he seeks a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to, to perform for him. He just wants you to abide in him. He wants you to lean into him just like John did and say, God, I know I can do this, but it's kind of tough right now. I'm struggling with this thing. Or I'm dealing with this issue and my circumstances are not good, but I know you're with me. That's, that's the Jesus that I know and that's the church that I know that I want to be a part of. And so... Um, get back to where I was I don't think that that when I get to heaven Jesus is going to say wow I, I really wish you loved me less <laughs> I really wish you calmed down that one day when you were in worship or I really wish you didn't do this I, I think I think when I get to heaven, Jesus is going to be like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Or, wow, you looked ridiculous, but I know, <laughs> I know you're really having fun. <laughs> um, but just like I was saying before, he is real. He's not, he's not a story. He's not a, 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 um, a good moral teacher. He is real and he is loving. And so we're going to have a time. If you've, if you've never experienced that love, you guys will stand up with me. We'll have somebody come up and play. Um, I'm just going to give an invitation. Um, I'll be up here. We'll have uh, the Turners and Melvin and Libby, if you guys will come up. Um, I'm going to dismiss. I'm going to pray, and then we'll dismiss. But we want to be here for you. If you just want to talk about something, if you just need prayer for something, we want to be here for you. Um, if you've never experienced this love, if, 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 you want, if you want to say, look, I, I hear what you're saying and you're speaking to my heart and, and I just want to give my life to the Lord, this is a perfect time to do that. Listen, if you're going through a struggle or if you're dealing with something, listen, Jesus can touch you in a moment in prayer. And it's not anything any of us can do, but it's something that you can receive right now. So let me pray for you and we're, we're just going gonna to dismiss. And if you have any prayer needs, you can hang out, fellowship as much as you want. But Father, we love you in this place. Father, you are real. Father, just as real as, as, as I, can, I can tell them that I know Tracy's my wife and I know I see her all the time and I love her and she's real to me. Father, you're just that real. Father, you're just as real to us as you were to John back then and we can lean into you. We can lean into your love, Father, and you don't run out. Father, it's your card that we swipe. <laughs> it's not ours. And Father, your love is abundant and it overflows. Father, I pray that you will just... Uh, Reveal yourself to, yourself to your people today. Father, that you will just prick their hearts. Father, that you would, just, you would just let them, just give them a place to receive you today. Father, they would go out and they would just pour it out on everyone they run into, everyone they see. Father, they would just show that love. It's a simple gospel. It's such a simple gospel. Father, don't let us complicate it. Father, thank you for your love. Father, thank you for, your, for our relationship with you and our relationship with one another. We love you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen.